You're a small business owner and there's nothing small about what you do. That's why Dell Small Business Technology Advisors give you trusted advice and tailored tech solutions like computers with Intel core processors, servers, storage and networking, plus industry-leading monitors and software. No matter your technology needs, Dell is here to help your small business do big things. Call 0800-085-4878 to speak with an advisor today. That's 0800-085-4878. All over. Contains strong language, strong opinions, and strong beers. It is not meant for children or for those who think they are children. You know who you are. Welcome to episode 66 of Dumb All Over, recording from How Is There Traffic When There's Only 50 People to Live Here, Pennsylvania, and Not-So-Secret Lair of New York, this is a progressive <laughs> podcast with fresh opinions on politics, religion, and pop culture, and we're always on the influence of craft beer. A lot more today than normal. <laughs> on today's episode, we will talk about the Waffle House shooting, the Toronto van attack, new GOP revelations in Pennsylvania, some news on legalizing marijuana. We then have a great discussion with our friend Kevin from the Nerdy Things podcast. Before that, <laughs> we, we, we talk about biofuel <laughs> as our bigly topic. And then, now going two steps forward, we listen to Jim Baker. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy! That'll be as fun. As always, <laughs> as always, my name is Tom. Um, what is it like? How many miles away are you? Uh, it's enough. <laughs> Far away miles is my co-host Austin. Hey Tom. Hi, Austin. How are you? Well, if you think the traffic is bad in Pennsylvania, see, the traffic is so bad in New York that nobody has a car. That's true. Yeah. But, Austin, I looked up our town, mm-hmm. my town specifically, and there's 2,000 people that live here, and I was stuck in traffic for 25 minutes this morning. That's because they were all in their cars. <laughs> it's amazing. All 2,000 It's absolutely <laughs> amazing. I'm like, I literally see the entire neighborhood on this one road. Yeah. Like, are we all out at the same fucking time? Yep. It's impossible. It's impossible, but it's possible because it happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, h- how are you, Austin? Is everything going well back in uh, New York? Yeah, it's going really good. Um, okay. I've been working like crazy, trying to keep up with everything, but I still found time to be here and podcast. Good. Yeah, nice. Nice. So. I, 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 too, found time on my day off <laughs> to do the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you had to look real hard. <laughs> Yeah, at the bottom of one bottle and at the beginning of another. <laughs> <laughs> Buyer beware! I've been drinking for three hours prior to the show, so mm. uh, it's going to be an interesting episode, I would say. Yep. Well, speaking of beer, let's get this show started in the correct way. Um, we are both drinking craft beer. Yes, we are. That is part of our. That's part of our shtick. 
Um, <laughs> I am drinking Trogue's Java Head Stout. I will be drinking this throughout the show. I bought a six-pack. We're going to try to reduce it because of the fact that Austin and I are not sharing beer anymore. Yeah. That um, We're, we're going to try to keep it to one beer per person per episode. So this is my beer. It is a 7.5 ABV. Um, I've had several of these beforehand. I'm not sure if I taste the coffee anymore. <laughs> I I am just tasting alcohol at this point. Just the alcohol. But that's because yeah. I'm on my f- yeah, because I'm on my fifth, fourth uh, or fifth one. Okay, I lost count because I'm on my fourth or fifth one. So, <laughs> Austin, what are you, what are you drinking? Well, I am drinking the Sweet Baby Jesus from Duclaw, oh, a mm. chocolate peanut butter porter at six point two percent, and um, mm-hmm. we've had this one many times. So I think many a time. Yeah, I think it's yeah, self-explanatory. It Tastes like chocolate. Tastes like peanut butter. It's a yep. Reese's cup. It's a liquefied Reese's cup. Yep. It's pretty fucking good. It's probably, like I said many times before, it's probably my favorite one. Not going to lie. Yep. Well, that's good. So let us do our uh, symbolic cheer okay. um, via, via the internet. Uh, Ready? Okay, go ahead. Oh, very nice. Ooh. Ooh. I have one empty bottle to my left. <laughs> oh, that is yep. so good. Um, I don't taste the coffee anymore. Sorry, Trogs. <laughs> Mm, it's oh, good though. I love it's a pretty, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> it is really good. Yeah, uh, this one kind of it's a hoppier it's a hoppier stout for sure. Oh yeah. Um, it says it's brewed with coffee beans. It's pretty strong in alcohol content. I mean, sweet baby Jesus, I believe, is what six? Would you say six point two or six point three? Six point two. Yep. Which is still pretty strong, but this one I found was seven point five. I was like, "That's pretty strong for um, for a coffee style." At least that that's not Weyerbacher, I should say. <laughs> well, I almost got the uh, breakfast stout, which was eight percent, but yeah. Then I saw a six pack of this, and it was the last one, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, I gotta get ah, it." That's awesome. Now, before we get too deep into the mess that we call news, <laughs> we <laughs> we do it's not have... a problem that Trump ever has. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a new review and comment on our iTunes. Oh boy. Yes. And it's right, ahead, it's quite the doozy, okay? It's quite the doozy. <laughs> All right. All, All right. right. Uh this comment, which by the way is a five-star comment. Thank you. Is entitled Not as good as secular soup. <laughs> Okay, weird title for a five-star comment, but yep. fair enough. It is by Amy the Heathen. Mm. The com- oh, that Amy the Heathen. Mm-hmm. I, um, well, here's the, here, here's the comment. I may be biased since I am one of the hosts of Secular Soup, but in my opinion, Secular Soup is far superior podcast in every way. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't argue with that. I, I can't either. <laughs> Yeah, right, go ahead, continue. That, that said, this show is pretty funny, too. The hosts are I'll a little too male for my taste, but still good. Tom, Tom's working on fixing that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I appreciate their humor and insights, though not as much as those that can be found by Amy and Amy on Circular Zoo Podcast. Currently, our primary podcast feud is with those losers over at Cognitive Dissonance. Girl, I know. Oh, yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> but these guys seem like they could be worthy adversaries for our next feud. Bring it. Although it appears that I agree with them politically in every way, I could still throw a few jabs in their way. 
this is uh, it, it, is this review a shameless attempt to get more listeners for the secular podcast or secular soup podcast? Maybe. <laughs> But I'm I glad you messed that up. I know. But I wouldn't have taken the, the, the five minutes out of my lady schedule to write this if I didn't actually enjoy Double Over. Give it a shot. Then check out Secular Soup. Not necessarily in that order. Okay. <laughs> that is um, one of the better comments that we've ever done. I like it. Was it necessarily the you know all about us? No, but that's what I said. It's okay to do that. Now, yeah. Thank you, uh, thank you, Amy. Uh, and believe it or not, I will be checking out your podcast. So you got one more listener out of this. I'm sure you're going to get a couple more. But now I have to talk to the other people, the uh, the other ones, because we, we still only had one comment. So, oh um, boy. But uh, we're very happy with that one. But you, we we could do better. So if you right, hold um, on, hold on before before you lay into them, <laughs> let's thank them for getting our facebook page over the hump <sighs> okay fine thank you thank you for following us on facebook enough to get us over 100 people thank you um anyway back to the important part <laughs> <laughs> even though our twitter has like three thousand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um if you have some time in your day write us a comment Leave us a five-star review. If you have a podcast and you want to plug it like Amy the Heathen did, please plug your podcast. I don't care. (laughs) It looks the same to us, and it's funny. The funnier they are, the more joy we get out of it. We're going to read it regardless, even if you just write good as your comment. But make it fun. Good. Yeah, that's it. Uh, So, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Amy, for... Leave in the comment. We'll check out Secular Soup, and I encourage everyone else to check it out as well. There you go. Um, we should begin this week's Trump Report. No. Have I done a good job? Have I done a good job? Not at all. Probably the least of anybody you've ever met. There's nobody that understands the horror better than me. If Ivanka were my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. Now, we're going to start the Trump Report with um, some not really Trump-related news, but kind of. Not really. Yes. <laughs> sort of. Make up your mind, Tom. I don't know. You be the judge of this. So, just yesterday, which for us is, well, for you guys, is on uh, Monday, there was a shooting at a Waffle House in, I believe, Nashville? Yes, Nashville. Uh, I have two articles, one about the shooting and then one about a, a person involved in the shooting. Okay. okay. So the first one comes from the Washington Post. It says, Waffle House shooting suspect Travis uh, Reinking was arrested, refusing to answer questions, police say. Uh, police on Monday arrested a man accused of, of killing four people at a Waffle House this weekend, ending a 34-hour door-to-door manhunt that locked down schools and sent fear rippling across the Nashville region. Mm. Authorities discovered Travis Reinking, 29, hiding in the woods behind a construction site about a mile from the restaurant where the shooting occurred in the community of Antioch? 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 Antic? Antioch. And 
Tiach, southeast Tiach. of downtown, <laughs> southeast of downtown Nashville. Uh, police said Ryan King immediately laid on the ground and surrendered when an uh, officer approached him with his gun drawn. Ryan King was taken to the hospital after his arrest and booked later Monday at the Hill Detention Center on four counts of criminal homicide. I believe um, ten people were killed in this shooting. Um, I believe the gun of choice was an AR-15. <gasps> I believe, yeah. Um, his bail is set at two million dollars. Um, his first court appearance is what well, was today, uh, Wednesday morning. No, tomorrow. Today's Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow. Uh, so it was set for Wednesday morning. You know, we've we reported. I don't know how many times we ha- we've had to report a shooting since we started our show. Um, oh my god, it's been so many. It's been a lot. Uh, this one's definitely different. You know, it didn't involve a school, thankfully, but at the same time, it's still um, it still killed quite a few people. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do the the justice for the people who were killed and read their names. Uh, among the victims is 29 year old uh, Tareen. Sanderlin of Goodlitzville, Tennessee, a restaurant employee who was fatally shot while standing outside. The others killed were customers Joe Perez, 20 years old, of Nashville, Debony Groves, 21, of Gallatin, Tennessee, and Aquila Da Silva, 23. Um, two others were Shanita Wagner, Wagner, uh, 21 years old, of Nashville, and Sharita Henderson, 24 of Antioch, Antioch or whatever the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, those two remained hospitalized at Vanderbilt University, uh, where I guess they're still recovering right now. Pretty, pretty fucked up situation. Uh, and it could have gotten a lot worse. And that's where I actually have the second article that I'm going to read to you, and then you could have your reaction to it, all right? Okay. Uh, the yeah. second one comes from the New York Times. The, the title of the article is, I just wanted to save... Uh, I just wanted to live, says man who wrestled rifle from the Waffle House gunman. Uh, the two women bandaged and sh- uh, shrouded in bed sheets began to cry when James Shaw Jr. walked into room number 26 on Monday morning. Then, as the women's, uh, woman's father drew near, one of the Vanderbilt University Medical Center trauma surgeons turned to him. Have you met James? James saved a lot of lives. The men embraced, crying. The women's father clapping uh mr shaw clapping mr shaw on the back thank you the older man said um to mr shaw who a day earlier had wrestled an assault rifle from a gunman at a waffle house restaurant near downtown nashville four people were killed excuse me four people were killed on the sunday morning attack and four others were wounded law officials uh law enforcement officials and customers said that uh, mr shaw a 29 year old electrician um and they thanked him for preventing greater bloodshed but in the frenzied, dizzying hours since the attack, he had found the sudden and very strange surge of respect and gratitude uncomfortable. So pretty much, without reading the rest of this article, there was one man who rushed in and actually took the gun away from the shooter. Wow. In most likely saving who knows how many lives. And he's being very humble about it. Uh, he says he's not a hero. He, Like he said, he just wanted to live. But... You have to you have to be a certain type of brave person to be able to do something like that, mm-hmm. and that was one story I actually didn't hear uh, on the news uh, about the one guy. But I haven't really watched too much of the news. So, what do you think about the both the shooting and the the saving of lives? Well, I mean, the shooting. I don't know. I don't know what to say after so many. Like, I've run out of. 
it just keeps happening and you know and if, does. We're, if we're not actually going to do anything about it then i have nothing to say because yeah. i mean anyway but the guy who stopped the shooter Mm-hmm. That's a pretty amazing story, and um, that's a great story, yeah. And apparently, uh, you can stop a bad guy with a gun with a good guy without a gun. And maybe if we yep. didn't give the bad guy a gun, then we wouldn't need to stop him. Hmm. Um. This is where, and I said this wasn't directly a Trump issue, right? But there's this the, part of the article in the Washington Post is a long list of red flags. This is the problem that I have. And that most of us will have with when it comes to these shootings, they all seem to have a similar story that they were once at least targeted as a possible red flag, yet he still ends up with a gun. So let me read a little bit from this. All right. Beginning in May 2016. Ryan King had a number of increasingly fraught encounters with authorities. That month, an emergency response officer found Ryan King in a CVS parking lot in Morton, Illinois. Ryan King told police that pop star Taylor Swift was stalking and harassing him, according to police records. Ryan King believed that Swift had hacked into his Netflix account and that his family was involved in the harassment. He told the police a bizarre story about a Dairy Queen meetup with Swift and him ended up searching for the singer on the restaurant's roof. This guy's fucking insane. Yeah. It's just insanity. and uh... It's just insanity, yeah. He said uh, his parents told officers that he had threatened to kill himself and owned guns at his home. Eventually, Ryan King agreed to go to the hospital for evaluation, something he told police he had done before. Um... In June two, in June 16, 2017, police said Ryan King went to a local pool wearing a women's pink house coat. He swam in his underwear, exposing his genitals, and tried to pick fights with lifeguards. Like, I'm sorry. That's not normal behavior. <laughs> no. And, and, that's not normal behavior. And I believe his guns were confiscated in Illinois. I believe so, yeah. And then when he moved to Tennessee, somehow the guns were given back to his father, who yeah. had the bright idea of giving the guns back to him. Giving it back, yeah. yeah. And, and believe me, this list goes on and on. And like I said, go to Washington Post and find that article. Uh, and, and you'll be amazed that this guy somehow got his guns back. Yeah. And that's part of the problem. It's like, if you're not going to step step up and say, some people do not deserve the right to have guns, then this sort of shit is going to continuously happen. Yeah, or maybe it's time to say, like, almost nobody deserves yeah. the right to have a gun. I know. It definitely seems like that. Yeah. Um, now, we're going to shift a little bit because this one involves more dead people, but not with a gun. Mm. Um, this one comes from NBCNews.com. The uh, article is called Toronto Van Attack Suspect Alec Minnesian Charged with 10 Counts of Murder. So that's where I got that 10 from. Oh, okay. Um, the man suspected of deliberately driving a van into a bustling intersection downtown Toronto, uh, running down panicked pedestrians in his path, appeared in court on Tuesday and was hit with 10 counts of first-degree murder. Alec Menacean, whatever his name is, I don't give a fuck, of suburban Toronto also faces 13 counts of attempted murder after Monday afternoon's mayhem in Canada's largest city, the worst mass killing in the country in the last three decades. Hmm. There's just so much fucking violence that goes on in the world yep. every day. Yep. It's 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 almost hard to keep up with this shit, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> And and we're not and we're just talking about like the the brief and very violent acts of people in western countries where right. if you go to like Syria or almost any other part of the Middle East, I mean, 
there's violence on a daily basis that's pers- you know it's persistent and sustained and often our fault <laughs> right and so, right right yeah it's it's a uh, it's a lot to deal with now um Justin Trudeau said there's no reason to suspect any national security element to this attack uh, uh, this attack so it doesn't look like it was any kind of terrorist uh, well, the, uh, uh, you I don't know, know. It sounds foreign, like a terrorist foreign, attack. Foreign, I should say, foreign terrorist yeah, attack. It might not be it an ISIS defi- attack, but right. Yeah. But it was definitely domestic. This is still terrorism. Yeah. Um. And, and the if anybody's trying to hide the fact that it's terrorism, that's also part of the problem when it comes to things like this. It is still terrorism yeah. by the, by the definition. Yeah. Um. Just wanted to at least cover that because that was. Another just shocking, especially in Canada. Yeah. We just don't see that kind of thing happen in Canada that often. No. Obviously, in the last 20 years, or I'm sorry, in the last 30 years, this is the largest killing, 10 people. I mean, we had a... Te- that happens almost routinely here in this country. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit different. Yep. Um, so... While we're on the subject of hate, Austin, I have another one from Huffington Post. Yeah. This is more of an interesting and not as talked about article. Uh, U.S. agencies fueled a national increase in anti-Muslim incidents, said a report. Um, Under President Donald Trump, the United States government has shown an unprecedented level of government hostility. Finally, we're talking about me. I've been waiting the whole segment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're finally entering the Trump report's actual Trump report Uh, (laughs) toward the Muslim religious uh, minority in the country. This is where it gets pretty interesting. Um, The Council on American Islamic Relations, um, which is abbreviated uh, C-A-I-R, CARE, oddly enough, Mm -hmm. um, in 2018, the Civil Rights Report targeted, in, in quotes, disclosed that federal government agencies instigated more than one third of anti Muslim incidents. In 2017, hmm. of the nearly 2,599 reports of anti-Muslim incidents that uh, the Council of American Islamic Relations received, 919 involved the government agency. That's about 35%. Finally, they're doing the right work. Well, yeah, and I don't know why anybody would be shocked by this. No. Because Trump ran on this fucking platform. He ran on the platform that he was going to get rid of the Muslims. Don't, everybody should remember that. And the Mexicans, don't forget. Of course. Sorry, Mr. Trump. <laughs> the Customs and Border Patrol accounted for 348 of the reports, making up 38% of an anti-Muslim incident involving a federal agency. Oh, yeah. There's while a bunch the of FBI- bigots working on the Border Patrol. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, right. And then the other is uh, the, the FBI accounted for 270 of them. That's 29%. That's yeah, crazy. Well, <laughs> when you have government-sanctioned hate, I don't know. It doesn't shock me. I know. The Transportation Security Administration accounted for 72 incidents. That's 8%. Um, and then Immigration and Customs Enforcement was 4%. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just scary that, you know, at the end of the day, your government is supposed to be out there for you. Correct? Am I wrong with that? Uh, They're supposed wrong, to be looking out for you. Wrong. <laughs> we look out for certain people. We have the uh, color yeah. chart to look at the ones that we're looking out for. Oh my God! Everybody's that, supposed know, that, to look at it before they leave the office. <laughs> I need Jared put it up guy, right there. That Family Guy clip is way too real. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's it's way too real. 
It's way too real. <laughs> That's where we but got the know. idea from. We put it right up at the door of the Oval Office when you leave. <laughs> you can check the tone where you go from disturbed individual to terrorist. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What does Ben Carson do? I don't know. Nobody's woken him up yet. <laughs> <laughs> he I has was, been in perpetual sleep. I was sleep. like, Ben, come on. You need to go help Sean Hannity invest in a bunch of houses. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Mr. President, but I'm going to say And I'm like, Ben, whatever. I'm just going to go back to tweeting nonsense. <laughs> oh. uh, we shouldn't be making fun of Donald Trump too much. <laughs> Why not? We're, we were... We were, we, were, we were criticized. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. And also Jordan Peterson said that. It, we, we, we might be being too hard on the, on the people who, who voted for Trump. And, uh, and then I saw this bullshit article that said 47% of people uh, will not vote for a candidate who believes that Trump should be impeached. I, that's bullshit. Because that, that's every fucking candidate. Yeah, I find that hard to believe when like fifty-something yeah. percent of the country wants him impeached. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't add yeah. up. It's like, oh yeah, half the country wants him impeached, but, but about half the country won't support politicians who want him impeached. Well, maybe it's true. Maybe it's the other <laughs> half. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's super weird. But I mean, they weren't going to um, vote for you know, even if the person didn't want them impeached, I'm going to vote for him anyway. Right. I don't know. It, that, when it comes to this article, correct? The government is supposed to be looking out for you. That's at least what we're Supposedly, told. Supposedly, yeah. That's... Yeah. And when you see something like this coming out, where federal agencies are responsible for these anti-Muslim targeted ads and stuff like that, that's concerning. <laughs> it, that's an understatement. That's super yeah, concerning. <laughs> I just think, so. I mean, but but historically, it's not um, out of the pale. I mean, the government has spent most of it. The American government has spent most of its existence discriminating against one group or another. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been a much longer time where it discriminated against people than it has spent trying to mm-hmm. equally protect everyone. It is true. Yeah, it is true. If you go all the way back to the early 1900s, when Irish, Italian, Spanish immigrants were starting to make their way over to this country. Um, the people who were already in this country were making cartoon ads in the local newspaper depicting these immigrants as these barbaric, ugly humans who are going to come and ruin your country. Well, yeah, now and- half of our country is made up of Italians and Irish <laughs> yeah. and Spanish, you know? But, it, but you don't even have to go back that far. I mean, the black people just got the right to vote in the 60s. I know. <laughs> in the 60s. I know. Even w- yeah. and, and women, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, women, women are not too far behind. No. Yeah, I mean, and you're 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 one hundred percent right. And this whole anti-Muslim thing has been, well, definitely at least since nine eleven has ramped up big time. But oh, this yeah. administration Bigly. is definitely not helping that cause, and nor no, should they make it worse because Bigly. that's well that and that's the platform that Trump ran on. So I yeah. I don't know why people would be surprised by this, but apparently there is outrage. Oh yeah. No, no outrage for me because that's what you expect when you have a bigot in office. Yeah. Um, well, there's some good news um, because so far it's been bad news after bad news after bad news. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting one. This is from ShareBlue.com. I don't believe we've ever used them as a source. No, they're, but, they're kind of um, an establishment Democrat yeah. favorite source. But go ahead, continue. 
Well, yeah, but this one's not necessarily, uh, it doesn't total line in the Democratic no, well, Party. Yeah, I'm not saying they're totally compromised. I'm just saying that's they lean that way. So Right, right. So the article is entitled, Pennsylvania GOP Reveals Their Midterm Strategy is Total Denial. So th- this is kind of funny to me. Because apparently the Republicans in Pennsylvania are full on board saying that there's nothing wrong. <laughs> that we're going to all win our re-elections. The, everybody's panicking for no reason. <laughs> Yeah, what are they worried about? <laughs> Apparently nothing. Either leaders of the Pennsylvania Republican Party are in deep denial about the looming perils of the midterm election cycle, or they're sleepwalking through history. I, I have to they say, say, hold on, but the, it's, I think they're definitely worried. I think that's bullshit because they wouldn't have tried to impeach four justices of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court if they weren't worried Mm-hmm. Like, they, I think what really happens is I think they've just given in. They've they're on acceptance now. <laughs> I can see that they've gone through anger totally and that. bargaining and you know all the other ones, and they're at acceptance. Like this is just going to happen. Right. Well, let's see. Um, this so you know who Lou Barletta is, right? Yes, I know who Lou Barletta is. So in interviews with the state GOP uh, chair Val D. Uh, Giorgio, the Giorgio, uh, Senate candidate Lou Barletta and gubernatorial hopeful uh, Scott Wagner said this week, the trio of Republican stalwarts uh, imposed similar rhetoric about their party's bright future in the midterm elections, assuring that the popularity of their president and success of the economy will stave off Democratic gains. In truth, Pennsylvania, along with New York, New Jersey, and California, represent ground zero for the GOP's mounting midterm woes. The nonpartisan Cook Political Report currently lists six Pennsylvania House races as competitive, making it the state boasting the second highest number of competitive contests in the entire country. Only California has more. Especially with the redistricting. Exactly. Yeah. And that's if any Republican in this state is not worried about their seat, I think they missed that news headline. Well, they would have to know how to read. Well, that's a good point. And they are not big on education. Betsy DeVos. Incredibly, <laughs> two of those Pennsylvania races where Republicans are retiring have already been targeted as likely Democratic pickups. In an extraordinary move, one of the retiring Pennsylvania Democrats, Charlie Dent, last week announced he won't even finish out his term through November. He's quitting next month. Yet Republican leaders see nothing but roses on the horizon. In fact, Pennsylvania's Barletta actually claims that Connor Lamb's special election victory in Pennsylvania's 18th district didn't actually constitute a meaningful victory for Democrats. I don't see how Democrats could claim a victory for someone who ran as a Republican, even though he was a Democrat. That's funny, because that's the exact same thing that Trump said, but it's simply not true. It's not. Um, He ran as a centrist. That's right, exactly, and and that's what he got elected as. Uh, And believe me, we all know who where his political ideology stands. I mean, honestly, he basically ran as Hillary Clinton. Exactly, without without invoking her name, but. Right. Yeah. yeah, and and he was backed by all the pundits that uh, that that supported Hillary Clinton. I'm sure Peter Dow was up on Connor Lamb's dick, um, even though he was a Democrat in a district <laughs> Look, that had sixty thousand. Like the way you're talking about making a homophobic remark, I was a big supporter <laughs> of Mr. Lamb. Um, I loved him very much. He was almost as good as Hillary. Um, <laughs> by the way, if you want to hear a funny Peter Dow joke, listen to the beginning of Chapo Trap House this week. Funniest okay. Peter Dow joke I've ever heard in my life. Okay. I got, I'm going to have to do that. 
Peter Dow, you you were pretty pissed at Peter Dow this week, weren't you? <laughs> he posted something from him. Oh I yeah, uh, I mean, no, I wasn't any more pissed than I normally am. I just made a comment that. Oh yeah, Here Peter Dow wants. His oh, tweet, go ahead. Go ahead. His his tweet was one of the biggest and most destructive misconceptions in current po- uh, politics is that the diehard Sanders left equals progressives. Far from it. On they're on the NRA and guns on immigration, on environmental justice, on race. Sanders has glaring weaknesses. I that I mean, there's something between. I, now, what was the response to, to that? Your response was things Peter Dow thinks are progressive: fracking, deport children to send to a message or send send a message, super predators, Henry Kissinger, <laughs> Barry fucking Goldwater, prison labor by mostly African Americans in the Arkansas governor's mansion. Yeah, that's right. Those are all things that, was, that was Hillary Clinton had happened to her or supported. And, right, uh, of I, course, I just that's don't Peter understand Dow's like favorite sugar mama. Like Austin, you can. You can not see eye to eye on political platforms, but just lying is not really a good answer. And, no, and Peter Dow's tweet is f- and, it's just plain lies. Yeah, and he's just going on and on about it. Like it's enough already. Right. The the yeah, it's and over. That, and that's the other thing too. The primary is went over. On to, I went on to that comment and I left a remark too. Yeah. And I said, yeah, go after fellow Democrats. That's going to solve things and help unite a broken party. Yeah. So they go out and vote to replace the current mess that we're in. Yeah. And, and that's, I just don't understand the point that Peter Dow's trying to make by attacking other Democrats. Well, here's the point he's trying to make. He's a Democratic consultant. And if these other Democrats become leaders of the party, they're not going to hire consultants like him anymore. And he's out of a job. Yeah. That's what his I point guess. is. I guess, but if he truly, which obviously he apparently doesn't, but if he truly cared about uniting the Democratic Party, which Why I saw he said in a- would he care? He's rich. I, I saw- I saw it on a, in one of his tweets. He said, "We're going to unite the Democratic Party, and we're going to blue wave hashtag blue wave 2018." Yeah, good luck and with I'm that. And I'm like, and I'm like, you're not going to fucking unite the party when you're talking about shit like this. No, not fucking Peter you're, Dow. You're, yeah, He's, it's not and you're, happen. you're you're attacking probably what maybe half of the Democratic Party now leans far left, and you're attacking that maybe not that many, but you're you're it's you're a targeting, it's a big enough portion where you have to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just do that. He's so stupid. And it's funny because they honestly were- honestly a stupid person. They were the same people who were saying, oh, who cares if we offend, you know, Sanders supporters? We don't need them in the general anyway. Well, yeah, no, you totally looks like do. you did. <laughs> yeah, so. totally do. You totally do. So don't fuck and, with and us. And before, before all you, you know, donut lords out there on Twitter come after us, yes, we did vote for Hillary, so shut up. Yeah, we did. We did. But we're not going- when was the last time that we had an article or a conversation that directly attacked Hillary Clinton for like an elongated period of time? None. I mean, I she's one person I avoid posting about on Twitter. Yeah, we we probably have talked about her in the past in passing. Yeah. On the show, yeah. but we don't go after her because at, it doesn't fucking matter. No, <laughs> so yeah. stop going after progressives. Yeah, yeah. that's not going to help your fucking cause, you dumb, stupid motherfucker. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue <laughs> talking about Bernie Sanders because my next article is about Bernie fucking Sanders. He's going to be joining Cory Booker's Marijuana Justice Act to federally legalize weed. Now, 
I'm going to start this article off by saying, duh, we fucking know <laughs> that he's going to be doing that. But that's yeah, but Tom, you're not listening. I have a nefarious plan behind my plan to legalize <laughs> weed. See, Ben and Jerry's is in my state, and they need to have their sales go up. And so I'm going to legalize pot all across the country, oh, and we're going to get more Ben great. and Jerry's. <laughs> yeah, they're going to need a lot more Ben and Jerry's if yeah. we legalize weed. Yeah. This article comes from Newsweek.com. Um Bernie Sanders is the latest senator to sign onto a bill that would remove marijuana from the Controlled Substance Act and punish states that continue criminalizing weed. That, I think, is the most important part, the punishing yeah, states. Yeah, take that state, part. like New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, not so much PA, I think, but because just, well, I don't know, probably. Yeah, Pennsylvania PA's sucks. pretty bad. Several... Pu- Several uh, potential 2020 presidential contenders in the Senate have now co-sponsors of the Marijuana Justice Act. Hmm. A weed decriminalization bill first drafted by Democratic Senator Cory Booker. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Is Kamala Harris there too? Let's see. Let's see. It says Senator Sanders, the independent from Vermont, signed his name as a co-sponsor, joining Senator uh, Kirsten Gillibrand of the New York Democrat, who political pundits say might be considering her own case for Democratic nomination. Mm. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) It's just it's so funny to me to see these at one point far left socialist ideas now becoming the platform of the Democratic Party. Like. I was on board with this shit back in 2001 when I couldn't even, like, I, I didn't have the opportunity to ge- go out and vote. And now it's like the platform for Democrats. If you're going to run for for uh, Democratic nomination, you have to be pro-marijuana decriminalization. I mean, honestly, like, really? a lot of people have been on this since, um, you know, since the 60s. <laughs> it's been like, it's enough for well, <laughs> well, they've been they've been on the weed or for the decriminalization? <laughs> uh, both. <laughs> They are mutually inclusive. <laughs> um, leaders in the Democratic Party are increasingly recognizing that leading the charge on legalization is not only good policy, but good politics. Justin Streakel, political editor of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, which is actually broken up into normal N-O-R-M-L. I, I swear to God, the lawmakers spend way too much time trying to come up with like funny acronyms. <laughs> That's... Yeah. That's a funny acronym. Uh, said in a press release Thursday, uh, the, um, uh, the the constituencies where the party claims to stand for are the ones who have uh, most felt the weight of prohibition and the lifelong consequences of prohibition, which is, you know, pretty true anyway. Mm-hmm. I like how this article ends. Sanders is the first non-Democrat to place his support behind the legislation. <laughs> See, I told you he's Thank not you. a Democrat. Told you so many times. <laughs> Hillary was a real Democrat. I mean, come on. And I liked Connor Lamb. He was. Good. I mean, uh, I really put in a lot of money for John Ossoff, and uh, I didn't. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. You did. It that worked not, out well. It has not been a good Dow decade. No. No. Uh, let's take a break from the Dow cast, and when we come back. <laughs> and when we come back we have our bigly topic which we'll be talking about biofuel sounds good and welcome back to the dowcast <laughs> you um we are still drinking the same drinks that we were drinking before when we said we were drinking the same drinks that we were drinking <laughs> 
And now, um, it is time for everyone's favorite segment, the Bigly Topic. Believe me. Okay. All right. I will. I believed you. (laughs) You had me there. I really believed you for a second. (laughs) All right, Austin. What are we talking about slash discussing slash learning about today? Okay. We'll settle in class because this week's Bigly Topic is biofuel. Ooh. And no, that is not the strain of pot that I smoked yesterday. It is totally different. <laughs> nice. I believe I believe it's um, Alex Jones's new uh, vitamin supplement. Biofuel. Biofuel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm interested definitely now. I can't wait to see his face when he tries it in shake form. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be just like the other faces that he makes when he tries his shit that he sells on his stupid fucking show. I have to take it because I care about my kids, man. <laughs> he just oh. shit all over us. <laughs> all right. So this week we're taking a week off from talking about the struggles of the proletariat to talk <laughs> about the struggles of the fucking planet. Yes. So pay attention because this shit could help save the planet. I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. What would you say? Oh, too late. <laughs> Tom's already gone. Now the rest of you will just have to pay attention. All right, so biofuel is defined as any fuel whose energy is obtained through a process of biological carbon fixation. So pooping? Uh, Hold on. (laughs) So now I know what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Pooping! (laughs) Shut up, Tom. (laughs) And I know you're thinking that because that's what I was thinking when I read it, too. Okay. I had no idea what that meant. (laughs) So here is how biofuel.org defines biological carbon fixation, which I don't know. Just sounds like somebody's obsession with carbon. It don't no, it sounds more like a kinky sex position. Adamandeve.com. Okay. Um get a free sex swing, which you purchased today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's like the name of the new like uh maybe that's the name of one of the dildos, biological carbon fixation. <laughs> Have you tried it? It's it's the BCF. It is unbelievable. Well, you know what, Austin? I have tried it. <laughs> I got my daily dosage of, of what is it? Biofuel? <laughs> no, biological carbon fixation. Yes, yeah. that I had. Yeah. I got that. And now I have to call the doctor because it's been like six hours. <laughs> well, I blame the sex swing for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So carbon fixation is a process that takes inorganic carbon in the form of things like CO2 mm-hmm. and converts it into organic compounds. So in other words, any process that converts carbon dioxide into a molecule that would be found in a living organism is carbon fixation. Um, if this process occurs in a living organism, it is referred to as biological carbon fixation. So it's not a dildo. Okay. Good oh, to know. Not a dildo. Gotcha. So that, yeah, so that cleared it up for me. Well, I guess bit. I got to clean my shopping cart from adamneve.com because <laughs> I really thought that's what I picked. Yeah. So biofuel is a source of renewable energy because unlike fossil fuel, it doesn't take millions of years to create. It often takes a matter of hours, days, or maybe a month at the most if you've had a lot of cheese. Uh, (laughs) uh, Biofuels can be derived directly from plants or indirectly from agricultural, uh, commercial, domestic, and or industrial wastes. Renewable biofuels generally involve contemporary carbon fixation, which sounds like a music genre. Um, (laughs) Kind of does. (laughs) Like, dude, have you heard the new album? from contemporary carbon fixation. <laughs> <laughs> so is that your new cover band? 
No, it's no. in my new it's my new genre. Ooh, okay. That all my albums will be released under the contemporary carbon fixation genre. <laughs> by it the all way, it revolves I'm, around one subatomic note. <laughs> by the way, I may or may not be sending Adam and Eve uh, a message on Twitter right now. <laughs> oh yeah, we've given them so much free advertising. That's what I'm literally going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Other renewable biofuels are made through the use or conversion of biomass, which is not a video game. <laughs> Uh, Are you sure? I'm pretty yes. sure it is. <laughs> and, and biomass is referring to recently living organisms, most often referring to plants or plant-derived materials like pot. No, Ooh. I don't think that's a biomass. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I guess technically it is, yeah. Um, oh, it's Bioshock. It's Bioshock, yeah, everybody. Right. No no panicking. It's Bioshock. And I, if I'm not mistaken, Bioshock is, has something to do with the um, failed Ayn Randian utopia. So... That connects with last week's uh, bigly topic. The more you know. Yep. Okay, so this new biomass. Oh, now now I've skipped ahead because Tom is fucking <laughs> distracting me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this biomass can be converted to convenient energy-containing substances. Swiss in cheese. Three, three different ways. <laughs> no, not Swiss cheese. Thermal conversion, chemical conversion, and biochemical conversion. I feel like I know so much chemistry now. I could start cooking meth or something. Um. um <laughs> <laughs> okay, Walter. <laughs> Nonsense. I'm going to be the one putting chili powder in everything. <laughs> Bitch. Uh, mm-hmm. Clever. Clever. So, so this uh, this biomass conversion can result in fuel in solid, liquid, or gas form. Um, this new biomass can also be used directly for biofuels, and that's how we get there. There's tons of different biofuels, bioethanol, biodiesel, for example, and uh, those are being widely used around the world already and have helped clear polluted areas. Um and have made the air more suitable for, you know, breathing and living and stuff. Which we enjoy. For now. <laughs> most, of, most of the times. Yeah. Until I take care of it, and I'll make sure there's no bio anything left. <laughs> You're doing a good job of that, Mr. Trump. <laughs> Bigly. All right. <laughs> Topic. <laughs> Look, Tom, you have to leave me alone. I have to get some sleep so I can call in tomorrow and freak out on Fox and Friends. Oh, yes. Well, I can't wait for that, too. All right, but I want to talk a little bit more about the more interesting version of biofuel, which is biofuel derived from cow manure. Okay. So, yes. Okay, so poop. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes! So, a story in the New York Times spotlighted Fair Oak Farms, who also should be sponsoring us. Um, they're an Indiana-based, family-owned and operated dairy farm that has turned its 5 million pounds of daily cow manure into a sustainable stream of natural energy that powers its dairy and farm operations, as well as a fleet of tractor-trailer trucks that makes uh, daily deliveries to milk processing facilities. According to the story, um, shifting the delivery trucks to also use the farm-produced biogas was a logical next step in Fair Oaks' alternative energy planning and helped the dairy find a way to convert potential biofuel that was being left unused into an environmentally conscious solution, one with a marked impact on fossil fuel use and emissions. Uh, The farm estimates that their use of biofuel for the delivery trucks will take 2 million gallons of diesel off the highway each year. Oh, nice. Yeah. So according to the International Energy Agency, bioenergy, which is biogas and biomass, um, has the potential to meet more than a quarter of world demand for transportation fuels by 2050. More than 2 billion people across the planet burn dried animal dung for energy, and its benefits are it's that it's cheap, it can be found in areas where wood is scarce, it's renewable, obviously, <laughs> if anybody's ever 
driven past a farm before, mm-hmm. um, or, they would know that it's or, very renewable. Or eaten Taco Bell. <laughs> yes, or eaten Taco Bell. Yes. Taco Bell could save the planet. Taco Bell <laughs> will save the planet. We're Our new sponsor, Taco Bell. <laughs> Saving planets. <laughs> Although if you spelled it, I'm, or smelled it rather, I'm pretty sure that is unnatural gas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> may save the planets, but you're not saving your colon. No. Uh, <laughs> good. Now I'm all thrown off. <laughs> all right. So uh, cow manure, for instance, is about 50% methane and 30% carbon dioxide by mass when converted into biogas. So there's that useless factoid. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. See, we're here to learn, Tom. We're here I, to learn. I, I am. I am enjoying the learning and the edumacation. Edumacation, yeah. Yes. Um, is our children learning? The answer is no. <laughs> the answer is fucking never no. So many farms are turning to this method of recycling cow manure. Uh, the converted waste supplies enough energy to power a thousand homes, but that's just one of the perks of using the system. It also cuts down on the farm's distinct odor while reducing its methane and carbon dioxide emissions and reducing water pollution as well. In addition, the system's anaerobic digester helps convert the manure into nutrient-rich fertilizer that can also be sold. So, basically, the system of using cow manure for energy is not only cutting down carbon emissions, it's also making farmers money. A thing that no farm can take for granted now that the big agribusinesses are moving in and acting like the Walmart of the agricultural world. So, see, we didn't totally forget about the proletariat. (laughs) No, we didn't. No. <laughs> we have to add them at least once per episode. Yes, it's that's a new, right. a new rule. <laughs> By the way, Grinder has not gone back to me about adding the Trotsky <laughs> category. Uh, um. they, they, will, they will be. They will be. It's, it, yeah. They'd be foolish not to. They would totally be foolish not to. Um, so here's how the system works, according to a Huffington Post article titled, Farmers are Generating Renewable Energy and Making Money. Not a terribly imaginative title. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Huffington Post. I know they don't pay you anything, but please. Excuse me. Work. Coming from a podcast that has the not politics report, the not, <laughs> you know, the, what else? The, the not like, politics report, the um, not, uh, America, not report. America report, no. and the Bigly topic. We don't yeah. really have any room to criticize there nonsense that's what we do we're social critics (laughs) all right so um basically the system collects the manure and transports it to an anaerobic digester typically a covered lagoon or tank uh there the manure is quickly decomposed by bacteria releasing biogas that is then treated and ready to be used as energy of course there's a catch the systems have an initial high cost and fewer subsidies or grants are currently available to offset that investment in the united states so not as many farms have made the leap as you know should have by now okay in the u.s just under 250 farms currently have operational biogas recovery systems according to the afp um though about 8,000 across the country are large enough to make a system economically viable if that many U.S. farms installed the biogas recovery systems, enough energy would be produced and methane emissions cut to roughly equal the impact of taking 6.5 million cars off the road, according to estimates. So that is a big fucking deal by the BFD. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, if I started like one of those cool like science think tanks, that's what it would be called. Big fucking deal. I like it. I like it. I mean, one of my according, favorite Facebook pages is yeah. I fucking love science. Yeah. According to the BFD Institute. What does that stand for? We're not allowed to say. 
So there's also some exciting news about your poop as well. Oh uh, yes. I other than the corn that I found in it, the, I haven't had corn in weeks. <laughs> My doctor said it should pass, but I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say exciting news about your poop usually isn't good news. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, researchers at the Pacific North Northwest National Labs, or the PNNL. Um, which we won't ever say it that way again, um, have, have developed a new method for treating human sewage to create bio-crude oil, mm-hmm. um, a product that can be refined into a fuel that is similar to gasoline, diesel, or even jet fuels. So you, <laughs> you can use your your uh, jet fuel diarrhea to fuel an actual jet. Does Taco Bell understand that they really actually might <laughs> save the world? Mm-hmm. Everybody get some of that hot, hot sauce. All right. <laughs> I think they put the quotes around meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly sure what kind of meat that is. But, but it could save the planet, so we're not going to shit on it. No, or will we? <laughs> um. <laughs> Apparently, Alex Jones was correct. We, you know, Trump shit on us. That's just his way of saving the world. Yeah, he's trying to save the planet. That's what he does every morning during his, his Twitter time. Yeah. Um. When he, when he, yeah, exactly. When he's yeah. on his phone tweeting while taking a shit. We've Saving covered the planet. We've yeah. covered this exactly. That's all he's doing. Thank you, Donald. Thank you, Donald. Greatest president of all time. Finally, finally, somebody's giving me credit. Now, don't get mad at me, but I've just signed the new version of the TPP. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I only signed it because China agreed to take Stormy Daniels and make her live there. <laughs> ah, okay. Makes sense. (laughs) So basically, this process of taking human waste and turning it into fuel is called hydrothermal liquefaction, which is a very cool cover band name. It's amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. I love it. (laughs) I have no idea what hydrothermal liquefaction would be covering, but, you know, Um, that's not my job. (laughs) That is not our job. You are right. You are right. Go ahead, Joe. Balls (laughs) on your court, bud. Yep. Uh, it has been described as a sped-up version of the way the Earth naturally creates crude oil. Researchers apply a considerable amount of heat and pressure to wastewater, breaking down its chemical components into bio-crude and aqueous liquid in minutes. Hmm. So if our leaders ever decide to get their head out of their asses, yeah. they can use their resources to invest in fuel that comes out of our asses. Uh, this may be the new brownish-green revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And that is biofuel. That is biofuel. All right, so what you're telling me is that, in theory, if we all poop in a bucket and move that bucket to a plant, we can actually, you know, survive off of that. Mm-hmm. By, uh, that's and it. Cities, cities could run their whole cities on just the sewage that, you know, is already there. Now, all jokes aside, that's actually an incredibly brilliant idea, if you really, if you really think about it, because... Yep. I mean, it, just think about New York City by itself. There's, what, 8 million people who live in Manhattan? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of waste. And, and there's a lot it, of Mexican restaurants here. That's it, There you go. <laughs> and that means, you know... What's, and a lot of coffee. What does that mean? Oh, my God. It's like cleaning your fucking ass every day. You think one time a, a day is a lot? No, no, no. New Yorkers at that rate must be going four times a fucking day. And if you're pooping four times a day... You can save the planet. <laughs> we are going to have a very cheap energy bill. <laughs> a very cheap energy bill. Yeah. Hey, 
That's all. Thank you very much, Austin, for teaching us about biofuel. Um, that is an extremely interesting concept and i really think that that's one that could actually happen like tomorrow and no one would even notice and and yeah and that one doesn't seem to have like the big conservative pushback yeah because for some reason other ones do which i I still don't understand but you know whatever yeah i mean you can't say people are against this shit (laughs) um because this shit could save the world (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we have Kevin from the Nerd a Thing podcast, and he's gonna. <laughs> Which is he, apparently in the south, I guess. <laughs> and he's gonna tell us about some Nerd a Things. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And welcome back to the show, our show, in which we drink and talk and ramble, as we were told on a review. Um, (laughs) Joining us now for his monthly appearance on Dumb All Over as our pop culture correspondent, sure, is Kevin from the Nerdy Things podcast. Kevin, what's up? Nothing much. What's up with you? Uh, a little intoxicated, um, but <laughs> that's an understatement. But life is great. Life is great. How are you, Kevin? I can't complain at all. Just got promoted at work, so now I'm working longer hours for less pay. Mm-hmm. So it's really awesome. But at least I get Tuesdays off. Yeah, and and we almost didn't have Tuesdays off anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was was, so excited, and then you told me that you were recording on Wednesday, and my heart just broke, because I'd finally get to drink, because I'm not at work, and then you took that away from me, and then gave it back! And then I I, I gave it back, yeah, and I I realized that I was insensitive. We're like like passive-aggressive Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) So, since you said that, I am hoping that you are drinking with us this time. Indeed I am. I have some... I I don't like beer. I'm sorry. I don't... I don't... You know, don't hate me, uh, but I do have some some cider. I have it's actually blood orange craft cider. Okay, and uh, it's from the Ace Brewing Company. It's called Space Bloody Orange Craft Cider, six point nine percent alcohol by volume, Ooh. and it is fucking delicious. That's pretty high nice. for ciders, isn't it? Awesome for ABVs, or not really? Yeah, it's I, on the higher side. I thought it is. Um, well, that sounds pretty good. Ciders are fine. You know, beer is not everybody's thing. I hate beer, too. I love craft beer. Um, I look like such an alcoholic right now, I just realized, because I have a bottle of the beer that we were drinking before, which is the same, and I opened up a new one just in case I run out during the middle of this uh, segment. <laughs> and I got I'm one on my left side and one on my right side. <laughs> I'm there with you, Tom, because I couldn't decide what I wanted to drink for this segment, so I also brought a can of Down East Unfiltered Craft Cider, Ooh. so I'm going to put that okay. over on the other side. There you go. Um, so I am still drinking Trogue's Java Head Stout, which uh, is 7.5% ABV, which is pretty good. Um, and then, Austin, you're still drinking what? Uh, I'm still drinking uh, the Sweet Baby Jesus. Ah, mm. yes. Such a great one. I really should have. I, I really fucked up. I should have had that, too. I'm really disappointed in myself. But that's okay. I'm not. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. It is your time to shine. Uh, what... Have we've missed in the past month of pop culture? So much. Oh, so much. Oh, I imagine. You know what? With uh, so 
this episode is going to drop on Friday. That is going to be the day that the Avengers movie finally comes out. And so most of the news over the last month is Avengers related news because this is the biggest movie ever made. As mm-hmm. Jules from Nerdy Things, one of my co-hosts would say, this is the most anticipated movie of his lifetime. Okay. So this is pretty much like uh, the the Star Wars saga, the continuation of the Star Wars saga, but for Avengers, correct? I would say that, but maybe even bigger. This is the, I think, 19th movie in the Avengers saga, if you count uh, the original Hulk with uh, Ed Norton. But this is going to contain basically every Marvel character that we have seen over the last 10 years in one movie. It has, I think the the number was at 40-something heroes fighting the villains of this movie. Jeez. Um, Are the original actors who played those roles, are they going to be the same actors in the movie? Or do they have a couple changes? Uh, For the most part, they are the same. It's, It's... all of the major characters are the same. There are two notable people who changed roles in mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, basically, one of them is uh, we we swapped out. Um, why can't I think of his name? Uh, but we we replaced him with Don Cheadle. He's in the Iron Man movies. He plays Rhodey. Um, but we swapped out him to, between Iron Man one and Iron Man two. Uh, and then we had. I'm trying to think who the other one was. There was another swap that they did very quickly, very easily. Mm -hmm. Uh, But everybody else is the same. Robert Downey Jr. has been Iron Man for 10 years. You've had um, Captain America be the same Chris Evans for almost 10 years. This is like his 10th movie as Captain America. Uh, I expect he will die in this movie, but I don't know anything about it. So we shall see. Mm. Can Can I put you on the spot? Yeah, try it. Name all of the superheroes that are going to be in this movie. Oh, God. How much time do you have? <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's our show. Whatever yeah. <laughs> all right. Here we go. You're going to have Black Panther. You're going to have White Wolf, which is the name now given to Bucky, who was in the Captain America movie. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole list. We don't. We really don't have that much time. Uh, but honest to God, like this is going to be such a packed movie, and it's, it's going to... like. Once this weekend hits, we'll have so much more information about it. But this was originally going to be split over two movies, Avengers uh, 3, which we're expecting this weekend, and Avengers 4, which is coming next year. They have said that this is now a standalone movie, and they are not necessarily splitting it. But this can only end on a cliffhanger. And so I have no idea how they're going to have other movies in between this and next year's other Avengers but we're definitely getting at least a handful of movies in between then, including the sequel to Ant-Man, which is going to be Ant-Man and Wasp, uh, the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming, which is going to be, uh, I think, this summer or early next year. Um, but I think it's early next year. But like, I don't understand how they could pause this story and pick it up next year without well, could raising they, questions. Could they, take place, like, could they take place before this movie, but after those movies? Ant-Man and Wasp, I think, is going to take place concurrent because I I actually don't think they're going to be in this Avengers movie. So I think they're going to explain away the fact that they're not in this movie and that what they are doing is separate from it. But with Spider-Man, he is central to this movie. And I have to believe that the sequel takes place in some sort of normal timeline. Otherwise, it wouldn't hold the same weight because you'd know he'd lived through it. 
Like you can't. That's true. You really shouldn't. I mean, they do because there's a lot of prequels out there, but you really shouldn't have the ability for the hero not to die because it lowers the stakes of the movie. Mm. So what's you know. ba- what's Batman's role in this movie? <laughs> oh my I will God. murder you, Tom. <laughs> no Batman? He's not. He's no. not making an appearance. No Batman. But right, how, how about Superman? No, definitely not. <laughs> Robin? Robin's got to be the guy. So murder is no, cool Tom, with you. I'll be, I'll, be there, I'll be there in four hours. <laughs> I'm not even lying. I had to look up DC characters on Google, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm going through the list, and I don't know any of these people, but I saw Superman and Batman. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, well, those yeah. are the big two. Okay, the, yeah, you know the them. Fla- oh, the Flash. He's going to be in this one too. I hear. <laughs> oh my god! Nope. Now, now, seriously though, the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be in this, aren't they? They are. Thor is going to okay. be in this. Um, you're going to have Black Panther in this. You're going to have Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk. Uh, all of them are are sort of coming together in this. So what it looks like from the commercials is that Hulk crashes to Earth. Doctor Strange and Iron Man are there. Thanos comes with this giant spaceship ring thing. Spider-Man sees it. And somehow Spider-Man, Iron Man, and a couple of others get transported off of Earth, likely to another planet. Hmm. Meanwhile, the Guardians pick up Thor. Thor has been attacked by Thanos. Thanos has taken the Infinity Stones that Thor had. And so the Guardians and and um, Thor have to go and sort of join forces with everybody else. And then the whole thing ends in a battle in Wakanda from Black Panther, led by Captain America, who is now known as Nomad because he has stripped off his affiliation with both the Avengers and the United States. And so it's this like huge culmination of literally 10 years of story coming together with this. So it, it, it should be really neat. And this is the best part of all of this is that the Avengers were like a B-level superhero team when they started making these movies. These were mm. not the big money makers for Marvel. And, I mean, Spider-Man was, but but a lot of the others were almost unknown. But this leaves a lot of room for us to get a lot of other lesser-known heroes and bring them into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Wow. Well, it does actually sound pretty epic. Now, uh, for a person like myself who has not seen what you said there's 18 i've probably seen i guess one of the 18 <laughs> can i watch this movie do you what do you think do you think i'm going to be able to watch this or do you recommend well i have seen the iron man the, the at least the three of them i'm not sure if there's more um but with my basic knowledge would i be able to enjoy a movie like this you know i i honestly believe and and i mean take this with a grain of salt such a fanboy here but i really do believe that the marvel movies do a great job of onboarding new fans without having to have seen the other stuff. Like, okay. yes, you get more out of it if you know the other stuff. Absolutely, hands down. Mm-hmm. But each movie stands on its own in a way that you don't really have to know the details of it. As long as you're willing to just say, I accept this for what it is and let it sort of wash over you. Okay. Hmm. Well, it definitely, you, you kind of have my interest in this. It just sounds like an epic film. And epic films are, you know, I mean, they're they're designed to be epic. So I knew it, you were going to say, <laughs> how could he say anything but? <laughs> so it actually sounds really exciting. So I'm actually looking forward to that. So yeah, and that comes out on Friday, the day this episode releases, correct? That's correct. All right, nice. All right, cool. Well, with that, what else do you have? Do you have anything else that's uh, breaking the pop culture headlines? 
we had the return of Westworld this week for anybody that has HBO. Season two started with a bang. Okay. And oh. it was an Don't tell amazing, me too much. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> amazing episode. No, I'm not going to spoil it, but What's okay, it, good. What what is that show? Don't you know, without spoiling wait, wait, the hold show. On. Wait, no, can I can I say something to him first before Oh boy. Uh Tom. <laughs> yeah. It it was uh written by Michael Crichton. The original. Oh, really? Yeah, and it, and the there was a movie in the 70s directed by Michael Crichton. And it's based on that, yeah. So, so adding that I to bet my you're interested. Yep. adding adding that to my to watch on Hulu. <laughs> okay, but what is it about though? Because I am adding it to my. Um, oh yeah, I forgot. I named my account Trump. Um, what oh, is uh, that? <laughs> what what is that about? So, season one of Westworld. It, Westworld is a park that has essentially robots in it, but they look like old west prospectors and madams and and saloon operators and like it's it's this immersive role-playing world where you choose whether you're going to be a white hat or a black hat or good guy or a bad guy Mm -hmm. and you go in there and just live out your story It's, it's like a big video game but real life so you follow quests and you do different things or you can just walk in and shoot everybody or whatever but the guns don't work on people the robots are programmed not to hurt people. If you kill one, they take them back into the lab, fix them, put them back in. And you can sort of watch in season one as they change stories and put the robots in different roles and change their their lines. And their, it's, it's kind of an interesting look at sort of consciousness and, and free will and freedom and rights. And it explores all of that by the end of the first season. Okay. Okay. And how was your initial uh, reaction to the beginning of the second season? It was amazing. Like Ooh. part of the part of the the premise of season 1 is you and and I hope this isn't a huge spoiler for anybody, but you don't necessarily know what's going on because things are not taking place in the sequence you think they are. Mm-hmm. And so how do you carry that over into a second season is Always a big question, because there are a lot of shows that do that type of thing. And I think they've done a good job of keeping up a similar format and and leaving some mystery and some intrigue for you to try to unravel as you're watching. And I okay. cannot wait for it to continue. Okay. You know, honestly, that actually even sounds similar to a Michael Crichton book, because that's from the books that I've read of Michael Crichton. That seems to be the way that he used <laughs> the to write. books that I've read. <laughs> you read all of them. Come on, stop in. Most of them. I haven't. Read, apparently, not all of them because I never knew that Westworld was one of his. Uh, Although yeah. I may or may not have just bought it on Amazon Prime. But hey, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet you'll get that one quicker than you got the John Oliver book. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> this may or may not be trending. <laughs> Actually, it kind of is. How about that? Um, but yeah, no, that sounds pretty cool. Something that uh, maybe I could watch. Yeah, give me one other show that I can try to try to watch. I have a little bit more free time this week. I want to see if I can catch up on something. And Austin's going to yell at me for saying that because he gave me a list of like 800 things to watch. But I'm going to go with Kevin. Go ahead, Kevin. What should I watch I this week? I didn't give you a list of things to watch. <laughs> Over the past year you have. I've been building- Oh, yeah, there's suggestions. <laughs> it's not like a to-do list. Do you have anything I should be watching? Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh, yeah, Any, I like that show. Anything that's real? <clears throat> no, that's real. That is real. So <laughs> okay, I bring it that? up. So there's a, a whole series of movies. It's actually, this ties back to Spider-Man a little bit. Um, 
director Sam Raimi mm-hmm. made a horror movie back in, I think it was the late 80s, early 90s, okay. called Evil Dead. I've starring, heard of that. Yeah, stars Bruce Campbell, uh, Ted Raimi, Sam's brother, and a couple of other people. And it's about this group of teenagers that go to a cabin in the woods, find a, the Book of the Dead, read from it, and then demons attack and kill most of them. Okay. <laughs> it, this was such a campy, like, cult following horror movie uh-huh. that they made a sequel called Evil Dead 2 that really just kind of recaps the first movie and then adds more campy stuff to it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. in, in the sequel, Ash actually winds up cutting his hand off and replacing it with a chainsaw that he straps to it. Mm-hmm. And. Like it, it just becomes this weird, wacky, funny, silly horror movie okay. that they made a sequel to called Army of Darkness, where it gets even worse because he travels back in time to medieval times and makes himself this robot hand out of medieval parts and gets an Doesn't evil, he fight an army of skeletons? An army of skeletons and an yeah. evil doppelganger version of himself. And he fuck? eventually comes back to the future, the present. By screwing up the fra- the magic phrase he was supposed to say, and he just goes back to his job at this weird little like box store, and he's sweeping up, telling one of his coworkers this story, and then all of a sudden the demons show up, and his story is corroborated. Well, the TV series that started two or three years ago picks up from that and sort of continues that story. So he's present day. His name is Ash Williams. And he's just fighting these demons because he's the only schmuck stupid enough to try. (laughs) And it is absolutely hilarious. But unfortunately, it was just canceled. And Bruce Campbell has said that he is officially retired as Ash and will not come back if Netflix picks it up or anything like that. But Stars is the one carrying it. it. Three seasons? And they've recently just given it the axe. Uh, yeah, I think it was three seasons that they gave it. Yeah, it looks like it started in 2015. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That sounds interesting. It definitely sounds um, strange. Oh, yeah. I mean, B- Bruce Campbell <laughs> is my favorite B-level actor. He was actually in all three of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Was he? Yeah. He played, I I would, uh, ha- he played the usher at the wrestling match in the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like bit parts in each of them because he is such good friends with Sam Raimi. Okay, I I recognize his face, but um, okay, I, I I'm gonna take I'm gonna see if I can take a look at it. And let you know how I like it. It definitely looks strange and f- weird and oh, kind it of, is kind of freaky at the same time. I yep. don't know. Cool. It pretty much sums me up. Yes. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you very much for that. Um. That was uh, quite a bit. Quite a bit of good, interesting movies coming out, at least. Uh, Austin, you're going to see any of them? I'm going to try. I mean, um, work has been crazy lately, but I'm hoping this week I'm going to get to catch at least one movie. I'm not sure which one it'll be. Okay. Uh, I might even see one of the older movies that's been in the theaters for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Just so I don't have to deal with a full movie theater. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's oh, true boy. too. Especially with the Avengers going out to see that, it's gonna. I'm imagining most movie theaters are going to be full. They're going to be packed well, I, with people. I, I imagine though that if you don't see that one, then probably you can see any of the other ones in relative peace. Probably I recommend a quiet place. Yeah, really. Oh yeah, I've mm. been wanting to see that. Yeah, it's worth it. Mm. Definitely worth it. 
All right. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for your update. Um, much appreciated. Why don't you go ahead and uh, do the plugging part? Awesome. Well, if you like what you've heard from me today, or if you hate me and you want to yell at me, you can find me on the Nerdy Things Podcast. You can find us at nerdythingspod.com. You can find us at nerdythingspod on all social media. And uh, feel free to check us out. Or we also have a new podcast we just started where we're watching The Good Place from NBC and talking about that each Monday. So I love that show. Find us, listen, love us, hate us, let us know. Very nice. Um, and, you know, get ready to see Batman and, and, and all of his oh, uh, fellow superheroes in the Avengers coming out on Friday. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. We will uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. And when we do come back, which will be uh, soonish, we have our scary religious nut job section where um, we're going to find out uh, what Mr. Jim Baker has to say about uh, two scientists oh, who no. might have been aborted. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Great segue. We'll be back. Welcome back to Dumb All Over. It's about time for our next schmegment. <laughs> <I'll start that. laughs> uh, my new cover band. There you go. Got it out of the way. <laughs> Good luck with that one. <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that might be impossible. But before we do, we are just going to let you know that we are getting our third beer. Um, I don't. I have four bottles on my table. I'm not sure. Okay, that's the empty one. Okay, so we got our beer. It's the same beer that we've been drinking the entire episode. Um, And yours is definitely more appropriate for this uh, episode or this segment or this schmegment coming up. (laughs) But (laughs) But without further ado, let us enter the realm of scary religious nutjobs. Um, Austin, what are we watching today? Well, Tom, there's good news. Mm-hmm. What's the good news? What's the good uh, news? Tell me the good news! Jim Baker said God sent two scientists to cure cancer, but okay. then there's bad news. What happened? <laughs> they were aborted. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel oh, like, so that means Jim. like they were almost there and then it was like abort mission. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, when 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 I see that title <laughs> when I see that title, I think of two grown ass men with gray hair, glasses, and a lab coat. <laughs> and I think they like there's a plug on their back and you just yank the plug. <laughs> that's, what, that's the image that, that is I a get weird I visualization okay yeah well that's what i'm here for all right so let's not waste any more time let's see what mr baker has for us today mr baker well yes, i think the heartbeat bill is probably the most important thing going on in the world right now and there's a that's lot right. going on in the world right now mm-hmm. yeah but, but i believe america is cursed 
if we keep murdering our babies. Yeah. I believe we are doomed <laughs> yeah. as a nation. <laughs> Whatever you think, I don't Just care. Just let it go. We'll keep going. Because I believe God says, thou shalt not kill. Amen. That's right. And to murder our unborn baby, I don't, I don't believe God can look at That's one of the reasons we stood so strong with the Republican platform. Uh, platform. I think I have trouble with words half the times, but Jim yeah. Baker makes me feel really good about myself. <laughs> well, well, that's why, you know, what's her face is there? Yeah. Mm-hmm, platform, that's where you're going for, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> We're doomed. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Heartbeat Bill, my new cover band. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Bill Clinton cover band. <laughs> Jim Jim Baker is one K away from a big problem. <laughs> His he last name. Is. He definitely is. That's funny. It's a weird way to spell the name. It is. It fits him though. It yeah. fits him. Yeah. So now let's continue with the um what was it called again? The uh oh, I need my own one of those girls who finishes my sentences. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. That's right. That's exactly right. That's why we Good we boy, were on Jim. this broadcast, the Jim Baker Show, and we endorsed the the candidate, was Donald Trump. That was the the one that was voted in to become, you know, the president. Uh-huh. And this is like this is like drunk history, but without being drunk. <laughs> it is. I don't know what she's saying, and I'm drunk. Normally, <laughs> you then- can understand drunk people. And then there was a primary process, and then there was an election <laughs> process, and then they voted, and, and, and then he was voted I went in to as the, president, and then the abortion I went to stopped. The, I went to the grocery store, and I bought lettuce. <laughs> and no, you didn't, because it's, <laughs> it's riddled with E. coli. <laughs> do, you th- do you think, do you think uh, she's f- drugged and forced to do the show? I think she was aborted. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the doctor swinging a mist. <laughs> oh, the one who got away. Well, Not the all the way survived. away, though. It looks like it pulled her face taut. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked up, Austin. <laughs> that is fucked up. All right, let's, let's let them listen to something much less fucked up. Stood on the Republican platform for that reason. We're, we hope Oops, that fade out. <laughs> this program can be an important cog to stop abortion yes. in this country. Amen. And we're Amen. believing it can happen. Mm. And it won't, we, we're always going to take care of girls. We're always, <laughs> no, this is our passion. Me. This is what we've got. I, I built a girl's home <laughs> back at Heritage USA decade. Okay, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> I, built a, I built one girl's home. <laughs> Wait, hold, hold on, hold on. What is those outfits that they're wearing? Oddly enough, oddly enough, uh, that's uh, that image of uh, that they're showing of him with the house and all that. That was taken yeah. in 1980. That's uh, two years after he was, um, you know, indicted for. <laughs> in front of, oh, I'm sorry. It was. Excuse me. It was eight years before. Eight oh, years yeah, before. Yeah. He was federally indicted. When um, he lived on the little house on the prairie, apparently. For, for fraud and conspiring to defraud the public. <laughs> so, yes, you may have helped them, but it might not have been legal. <laughs> By the way, a $1,000 donation will get you the membership for the Feed My Lambs Club. <laughs> 
Are those lambs still is, screaming, Clarice? Is that, is, that what, is that what Connor Lamb calls his fan club? <laughs> I'm just Peter now. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I ended up at the gym. Decades ago, and saved, I don't know how many babies, hundreds of babies. Mm-hmm. And the, today, those children are having babies of their own. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's a heritage <laughs> yes, that it continues through the babies. That one looks a little right. just <laughs> The thing we've done in America, we have killed our babies. Yeah. We have killed the future of America. <laughs> All those babies look broken. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we should have saved them. <laughs> First of all, these are stock photos. I'm yeah, pretty sure if you type in baby on Google, that's what you're going to get. Like, these are not yeah. actual people that he saved and whatnot. I, I don't believe <laughs> these that These babies were all. completely healthy until we fed them baker buckets. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can just imagine the scenario. A lady's about to have an abortion, and all of a sudden Jim Baker comes out of like a dark alley and says, Oh, no, no, maybe we shouldn't have an abortion. And... <laughs> That, and that, okay, Jim, I'm not going to have an abortion. Thank you, Jim. You know that's not how that went. It, it no. was almost that way. There was a woman pregnant, and Jim Baker was waiting in an alley, and then he comes out, and he's like, oh, I see somebody's already gotten to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just out of federal prison. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that's, a gr- that's, that's a great first line on Tinder. <laughs> That's what Dinesh like, D'Souza's first line is. <laughs> it's like, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. My name is Dinesh, and uh, I just got out of jail. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> for some for campaign finance fraud somehow. Swipe left. <laughs> or right. Is it right? I don't, I don't remember. It's the other one. I the, feel like with no. him it would be right. <laughs> <laughs> Swipe racist. Yeah. All right. Let's continue. I told you the other day a story about how someone said they asked God, mm-hmm. why haven't we had a cure for cancer? Right. Mm-hmm. And he said back, I gave you two scientists. To first of all, why didn't he just give us the cure? <laughs> or why did he that, make cancer in the first place? That, that's, that's my question, Austin. <laughs> why did he make it in the first place? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I'm sure he's about to say something much more insane. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. That had the cure. Mm-hmm. And both of them were aborted. Good. <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. I know. This is so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. I. First of all, first of all, why would. Oh, my God. I don't even know where to start. You're right. Why didn't he just give us the cure? Or why did he create cancer? Why are you hearing voices in your head is the other question that people should be asking. If you are speaking to God, you need help because you're crazy. You are a crazy motherfucker if you hear voices in your head. Jim, they've aborted the cancer people. And if and if you knew, why wouldn't you go and say, "Hey, don't abort these two"? <laughs> well, because that didn't happen. No, because yeah, it's because it's fucking, fucking crazy. Stupid people. Yeah, this is cr- 
this is oh, insanity. Go, but I'm sorry, our ahead. segment is not truly over until we hear the. Uh... Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. But the, the timing was perfect. <laughs> oh, by the way, oh. it was right wing watch. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, we haven't. Uh, yeah, actually, this is our first real religious clip we've had in a while. Yeah, I believe they're our official sponsors for the Schmegment. <laughs> Yeah, I wish. Maybe I'll get in touch with them, see if they can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the schmegment. <laughs> it's too bad Jim Baker wasn't aborted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's, you know, that's a good idea. That should be our, one of our games for a little ugly on the side. We'll yeah. uh, play a game. We'll put up a list of all the crazy people that we've covered throughout our show, and say, and you have to pick one to be aborted. <laughs> <laughs> Only one, <laughs> just one. Oh, that's going to be a one. tough choice. Yeah. Would you abort um, Jim Baker or Pat Robertson first? Ooh, I think probably Pat. Yeah. He's. I mean, he's a much bigger influence. Jim Baker has this little sideshow, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know, though. I mean, he has his buckets that he sells, and it's $1,000 into the uh, Tickle My Lambs membership or whatever that was. Maybe we're just jealous. Maybe because we didn't think of the food buckets first. <laughs> Maybe that's my wildest dream, what I've thought of a food bucket. Uh, and Well, it, and if you did, it'd probably be way better food than what they give. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I still want it to be a Patreon goal that we have enough, that we save up enough <laughs> money food bucket. and buy a food bucket and try it on a show. I really uh, want that so badly. God, that sounds horrifying. I know. So, right. you know, patreon.com forward slash Dumble of God. <laughs> hey. <laughs> to you make thank it us. happen. That was, that was the, first, uh, it's the first plug we've done for that today. So, Yep. Well, uh, stay tuned for our closing, uh, our closing thoughts because um, you're going to hear a lot more of that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. All right. Sounds good. After these messages from sponsors that we don't have. And that ends this crazy little thing called podcasting show dumb all over. <laughs> It sounded better in my head. <laughs> <laughs> like many things. But it came out of my mouth incorrectly. Like um, many things. <laughs> uh, Austin, what are your final thoughts to our lovely, lovely shit show of a show? Well, I'll start with Jim Baker. Thank you for mm-hmm. telling us that we had the cure for cancer. If, it, if yes. only it weren't for Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. Yep. Because apparently mm-hmm. God is incredibly petty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And he codes things in the form of infants and says, yeah. oh, these, these were going to be scientists and they were going to solve but, eh, cancer. Not so much. Didn't yeah. work like that. Nope. So, yeah, there's that. Um, oh, I want to thank Kevin for coming on the show. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for your insightful information on the uh, pop culture world. Yes, yes. One that I'm more and more falling out of touch with, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, um, me too. Well, you've always been out of touch. <laughs> now I'm starting to see what it's like. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. 
And I want to thank the two skeptical chaps for their shout out of my mm-hmm. podcast editing services. That was very nice of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all I got. That's all I got. Oh, and uh, fuck Donald Trump. But okay, I feel like that should go without saying. Well, at this point, um, well. All right, I, I'll add one more thing that you okay. somehow forgot. Uh, thank you, Austin, for the Bigly topic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. Uh, on biofuel, which we did today. Yeah, um, totally with did the show. that today. Yep, not tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. So thank you. We learned a lot of interesting things. Mm-hmm. It was very informative and <laughs> poop. Oh, boy. Um <laughs> Um, yes, thank you, Kevin, for coming on the show and uh, giving sure. us a little bit more culture. <laughs> um, I sure as hell know I need it. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jim Baker, for not being aborted, because without you, we would have no content to close out our show. <laughs> he just cares about his kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alex. Um, thank you to the podcast review show. For reviewing our show. Uh, Hope this episode wasn't too wordy for you. (laughs) I don't think they're listening, Tom. Uh, They might be. Um, No, but for real, if they are listening, thank you very much for uh, reviewing our show. Um, Yeah, it's uh, like Austin said, it's not everyone's cup of tea. But if you've made it this far, you can't hate us that much. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you do. And if you do, hate listen. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, and if you want uh, to find us, so you can hate listen to us even more, you can go to uh, blogtalkradio.com dot um, and you can do the forward slash, and you can do Dumble Over Pod. You can find us there. Uh, we're on iTunes. It's not as clean as that, but you can type in uh, on Google iTunes Dumble Over, and you'll find us. Dumble Over podcast. Dumble Over will take you to the Frank Zappa song. Uh, so don't do that. Uh, we're on Twitter Dumbledore at uh, twitter.com. On the side. <laughs> forward, yeah, there you go. Forward slash Dumble Over pod. Uh, same for Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Dumble Over pod. See the trend? Instagram. Dumble Over pod. Mm. Pretty easy to find us. Would you not? Would, would, you, would you agree, Austin? Now. Yes. Now that it's all uniform, even if it's been incredibly painful getting it that way. <laughs> Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. You can also, um, well, I encourage you and sort of am forcing you to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, like I said before, you can plug our show and you can plug your show if you have a show. If you don't have a show, then don't plug it. Just compliment us and move or on. Or make up one. Or make up a show and and drive people fucking insane. Say you have this podcast and they'll go looking for you and they can't find you. <laughs> I mean, and, I would think that's funny. And it'll be funny. Yeah, at least to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so leave us more comments. We we really enjoy getting them. We appreciate those who send them and to those who don't. And finally, you can um, you can go to patreon.com forward slash dumb all over pod. Uh, Patreon.com is currently down for maintenance, but that'll be fixed by the time you get this episode, hopefully. And you can find all of the uh, rewards that we offer. You can uh, sponsor our show for as little as $1 per episode, so $4 a week. And with that $1, you get a crap ton of content. 
You get this show with no commercials and extras. You get Austin's uh, sideshow, my sideshow, when we do them, which is in the works. Mm, sort of. I know. We keep saying that, but it really is. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. Um, and then we also have the show after the show, which we're doing after the show, essentially. Um, and we do that every single week. It's called A Little Ugly on the Side. You get that and so much more for just $1 a week. So I definitely encourage you to check out our Patreon page, please. It helps us move forward. And uh, yeah, really appreciate it. One more shout out okay. uh, One to more shout our out. Uh, to friends of the show and felt both of them are patrons. Um, Ron, um, which you know him as War Trout. We've talked about him numerous amount of times on the show. And Dan, yep. who uh, Dan Pineda 88 on Twitter, uh, they created they got a show married. with- no. <laughs> <laughs> no. no no but they did create a show together which is called ride the pine it's a sports podcast they also have one called the singlet podcast which is about wrestling i'm not sure if, the, if an episode has been out yet about that uh for that nope. one but i do know that ride the pine came out um i would recommend uh giving them a listen support friends of the show it's a pretty pretty good conversational uh, podcast pretty short half hour 45 minutes about the length of this segment alone <laughs> um so yeah give them a sh- give them a listen they're pretty uh pretty cool guys pretty cool guys all right that's all i got that's all i got let me stop talking because i'm drunk all right well that all sounds very good tom and to all the okay. listeners thank you for listening and uh leave us a comment so i awesome. don't have to hear about it all week from tom <laughs> yes please <laughs> and uh and i guess that's it yeah nope, and become patrons yeah. because money <laughs> go ahead <laughs> no that's all i got all right thank you very much for listening tune in next week for a whole new episode of dumb all over i'll try not to be as intoxicated i apologize if i was annoying mm. more than normal this episode I can't help (laughs) anyway that's it for us we'll see you next week have a good week everybody see you trust me I'm like a smart person (laughs) oh look who's home long time no see you haven't changed a bit come on in welcome back With genuine BMW expertise, parts, and a convenient range of options to suit you, when it comes to caring for your BMW, there's no place like home. Book your BMW service online 24-7. T's and C's apply. Subject to availability, participating retailers only. Now, let's take a look at you. When it comes to keeping your small business valuable information safe, Dell Small Business Technology Advisors can recommend tailored security solutions like computers with Intel core processors, servers, storage, networking, plus industry-leading monitors and software. Running your own small business is a big challenge, but with the right partner, it's a lot easier. To speak with an advisor today, call 0800-085-4878. That's 0800-085-4878.